Hello and welcome to the Healing Codes Podcast. I'm Julie Williams, your host, sending you weekly healing activations and inspirations for health and well-being. Today's episode is the fourth in the Authentic Connection series, where I've been sharing ways to connect with the truth of yourself, build authentic communication skills, and build genuine heart-centered connections. In today's episode, you'll discover ways to use languaging patterns to build rapport, to be heard more easily, and align with your own inner essence, which are skills needed to connect authentically. Authentic connections involve being connected to your inner truth and heart-based compassion while taking responsibility for your feelings and needs so that you can consciously communicate these clearly and authentically. In the last three episodes, I've covered how to build skills with information and exercises inspired by the NVC, Nonviolent Communication, and NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Toolboxes, which are foundational to the consciousness medicine practice. Today, I'll continue building on those skills by introducing you to languaging skills based on identifying primary representational systems and metaprograms we all use to create our reality and relate to others. Representational systems are the five senses of experience. We all take in and process information through five main sensory channels, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and feeling. This is from the NLP toolbox, where we call these visual, auditory, gustatory, and kinesthetic. The way we are wired, there's a primary or dominant sense used. This differs for each individual, and when you know your primary representational systems, this allows for a deeper understanding of who you are, how you interact with the world, and what ways you respond best to when relating with others. Our primary representational systems become habituated such that we tend to rely on them heavily. Becoming aware of how you use other ways to take in information creates a richer experience of life as well as allows for the appreciation for all of your senses as you build relationships with them. Being tuned in to all sensory experiences increases presence, calm, and connection. Having the flexibility to use several senses can also create your experience that brings ease when relating with others who may have a different dominant sense than you. Understanding other people's primary representational systems gives you important information about how to communicate more clearly and will give you a window into how they experience their world and organize their reality. We tend to share our experience based on primary representational systems, so the ability to be able to identify and adjust to another person's dominant representational system allows you to speak their language. It deepens the ability to connect more authentically and allows the words that you speak to be appreciated more fully. You can determine you and others' primary senses by listening to the language used, as well as how... They speak, gesture, and hold themselves as they communicate. For example, people who have a dominant visual representational system will often speak in a fast cadence, and their eyes will be more active than the rest of their body as they speak. Visual processors will also use words pertaining to seeing and vision. For example, I see what you mean. That looks great. That concept isn't clear. Well, I view it this way. Looking back, it appears differently. P 
People who are kinesthetic processors will often speak more slowly as they must feel into every word. They will move their bodies more frequently to activate the sensations of feeling in their body. They will often have a difficult time communicating, listening, and interacting if they must remain completely still. Kinesthetic people will use words associated with feeling. For example, that feels right. I'll do it. Do you grasp what I'm saying? I need to get in touch with what I want. I have a feeling you're right. These are the two most popular representational systems, but there's also auditory who will use words associated with hearing with things like, that rings a bell. That sounds good to me. I can't hear myself think over this noise. Epictetus, an ancient Greek philosopher, said, we have two ears and one mouth so that we can listen twice as much as we speak. From an authentic relating perspective, this saying is spot on. We must listen closely to others from the heart rather than from a busy mind in order to truly absorb what they're saying and be able to respond with empathy and understanding. Often our minds are too engaged in the interactions with others, analyzing what they're saying or thinking about how we will reply. A good skill to build authentic connection is to practice listening to someone by dropping into your heart and quieting the mind. Don't nod or speak as you listen. Simply be fully present in a heart-centered space where you are actively receiving what they're saying. Give this a go and notice how much richer the connection is with the other person, how you can hear them more clearly, and how rapport is increased by compassionate presence. When we listen carefully to the words people use, we can get valuable information about how they determine their experience of reality. By adjusting our language patterns to match another's primary sensory system, we improve our ability to be heard and their ability to understand us. If you have conflict with somebody or constantly feel misunderstood, then there's probably a mismatch in your representational systems that's causing your communication to either not be received or be misinterpreted. Making small adjustments to your languaging pattern can go a long way towards reducing conflict and connecting more authentically. For example, a visual processor and a kinesthetic processor can tend to frustrate each other as the visual person can become impatient as the kinesthetic person speaks and processes information more slowly. The kinesthetic person may become frustrated trying to follow what the visual person is saying since they may talk too quickly for them and they feel into every word, which is what they need to gain full understanding. If the visual person says to the kinesthetic person, take a look at this and see what you think. This is more difficult for a kinesthetic person to connect with what's being said than if it were said this way. Why don't you sit with it and let me know how it feels to you? If you're interacting with somebody for the first time and don't know what their primary representational systems are, you can use neutral or a mix of words to try to create a connection. For example, you could say, what's your sense for this? How does that land for you? What happens for you when I say that? This is a way you can explore their sensory experience and be able to build a connection more easily than if you simply communicate from your own perspective, which may or may not resonate with others. NLP also has categorizations for main ways that the brain functions called metaprograms. 
These are general models for how the brain works to organize and communicate. Much like the representational systems, being able to identify how you and others are wired will help you adjust your language and communication style to be heard, understood, and connect in a more genuine way. Metaprograms are also useful in business as it allows for marketing content, for example, to be created that appeals to as many different people as possible to capture authentic interest. In relationships, understanding your partner's metaprograms and how they are similar or different to your own will go a long way towards keeping the peace and allowing each person to feel seen, heard, and understood. It also allows you to keep your partner's love tank full by appreciating how they're wired and what is important to them. If you're struggling communicating with your children or family members, paying closer attention to their metaprograms and primary representational systems will help you bridge the gap to a more meaningful connection. There are nearly a dozen different metaprograms, but there are a few that I find most useful and easiest to identify. The first one is called the Direction Metaprogram, which includes two main categories, Towards and Away. You can find out which one you align with by asking the question, what would you like in life? A person with a Towards Metaprogram will answer with what they want to achieve. The person with an Away From Metaprogram will answer with what they don't want. This metaprogram is useful to be able to identify as the two categories are very different and so it can cause a breakdown in connection that's difficult to resolve unless this is understood. The towards and away from people are literally speaking a different language. The towards person will say, what I want to create in life is an experience where I'm healthy, happy, and showered in abundance. The away from person will say, I want to stop feeling anxious by letting go of my fears so that I can stop being treated badly in relationships. While one seems positive and the other negative, try to release your judgment and see them as equals. Neither way is better than the other, it's simply how the brains are wired. You can imagine how disconnected an exchange between and a towards and away from person can be given that example. If you're a therapist or practitioner, it's important when unpacking the desired state of an away from thinker to make sure it's stated in positive action language. This can be done by asking, when you are free from the fear, what will you be feeling? Or, when you stop feeling anxious, what will be present for you? What will you be thinking, feeling, and expressing? This helps to shift the manifestation energies in the direction of universal co-creation that will make it easier to achieve. Appreciating an away-from-thinker's way of communication is important for maintaining a compassionate connection rather than feeling annoyed by thinking they're just simply being negative. The away-from-strategy is one that's quite useful in that by eliminating the choices that one does not want, it allows for clarity to emerge for what you do want. The towards thinker, on the other hand, who has all the options available to them, can sometimes feel frozen or overwhelmed with having so many options. From a business perspective, when you're creating marketing content, being able to speak to both categories will allow you to reach a broader audience. For example, using statements like, do you want to release what holds you back? Are you ready to start making positive changes in your life? Too often, I see marketing materials that are clearly skewed towards the author's metaprograms. 
When this happens, you'll instantly lose rapport with a subgroup of people who do not have the same internal programming. Another metaprogram that can impede authentic connection is the scope metaprogram, which includes the two categories of general and specific. The general thinker will describe and absorb information better when it's in a summary or an overview. The specific thinker will resonate best with the use of specific details. For example, would you like to join me for dinner sometime soon? Versus, would you like to meet me at Cafe Yum on Thursday afternoon? Knowing which way you think and how others think can help you to adjust your communication style to create greater resonance, comfort, and rapport, which are important factors to authentic relating. The last metaprogram I'll highlight is the Reason metaprogram, which has two categories of options and procedural. You can determine which category is present by asking the question, how do you know when you've mastered a new skill? The options person will give a list of criteria, while the procedural person will give a step-by-step account. This metaprogram is so important when teaching, since the options person will close down at the thought of having to follow a procedure and would rather be given general guidelines to follow. Alternatively, the procedural person will love being given a step-by-step guide and will falter if given only broad concepts to follow. When I teach, I will give both options and procedural instructions to be sure the information appeals to both. For example, I might describe an exercise in a conceptual way of where we start, what we hope to accomplish, and the concepts involved in getting there. The options thinker will be able to absorb this and be able to apply it in the best way possible. I'll then follow with a step-by-step guide to follow from start to finish for the procedural thinkers. This allows the boosting of the learning and the ability to absorb material and increases the willingness to participate in a lesson. I hope today's episode has helped build your ability to understand yourself and others more deeply and gives you more skills to build authentic connections both personally and professionally. Tune in next week as I continue on in the series with exercises and a guided meditation to apply these authentic connection skills. If you'd like to learn more about me and my work, including details on my upcoming Consciousness Medicine and Family Constellation training course and the online healing journey for self-love, please visit my website at www.consciousness-medicine.com. You can also stay connected on social media and sign up for the e-newsletter from the links on my homepage. Feel free to share, follow, and leave a review for this podcast. I'd love to hear how it's going for you.